Hello friends, it's Zach and Matt here from Enrollify and we are thrilled to introduce you to Second Look, which is a weekly briefing on the latest higher ed marketing trends that are worth keeping tabs on. Second Look is the podcast version of Enrollify's weekly newsletter, The Minute, which some of you, if not all of you, are pretty familiar with. Matt is the managing editor of The Minute and he spends time every single week scouring the internet for the trends that are most critical and, and crucial for enrollment marketers to be to be paying attention to, Matt, uh, welcome. And are you ready to dive in? Yeah, thanks, Zach. Let's do it. Okay, Matt. So, no big surprise here. That, you know that Google searches for COVID nineteen related uh, keywords have skyrocketed, uh, in, you know, over the past few weeks and in the past week in particular. But there are some other pretty shocking search trends that are related to specifically mobile search traffic and overall ad traffic um, that you know Google talked about earlier this week. And so, I'm hoping you could just enlighten us a little bit on what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. So, there's a study out there from WordStream and. What they've discovered is that, you know, in reality, we're just on the go less and less uh, right now amid COVID-19. What that means is that users are switching back to desktops as opposed to phones on their mobile phones. Um, and as a result of working from home more often, there's just less mobile traffic and mobile searches. In fact, mobile search traffic has decreased by nearly 25%. Wow. And ad traffic, yeah, ad traffic dramatically has changed as well. So on Google search, ad traffic has decreased by about 20%. And on the Google Display Network, ad traffic has increased by 13%. Then if you look at YouTube, that ad traffic has increased by about 21% since the beginning of March. Wow. I mean, this is on the one hand, totally nuts, but uh, you know, on the other hand, it also makes sense. So uh, Matt, you know, what should our listeners do in light of this new reality? Can you give us, you know, just a couple of specific examples of how schools should respond to this change in user search behavior? Yeah, absolutely. So here are three things that you can do. Um, number one would be if you're running PPC campaigns on Google, you could consider adjusting your device bit amounts just a little bit. So with less mobile traffic and fewer searches on mobile devices right now, um, that means app performance on mobile devices could be much lower than they normally are. Then number two, you could also think about moving your ad budget dollars away from Google search just a bit and move them onto YouTube or the Google Display Network considering the decrease in ad traffic from Google search at the moment. And then number three, you could also consider using smart bidding. So for those of you who aren't familiar with smart bidding, it's really just an umbrella term that Google uses to refer to their suite of fully automated bidding strategies. So essentially, you could forfeit the control over individual keyword bids. And rather than manually setting your bids, you could basically let Google take the reins and let their algorithm optimize your bids for you. Hmm. And in this era of so much uncertainty, you know, smart bidding might actually be the smartest bidding option uh, in the now. Fascinating. I mean, again, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, you know, Matt, my question for you is, in addition to auditing and adjusting bidding strategies, it seems like enrollment marketers should, you know, entertain the idea of advertising in other channels right now, right? So you mentioned YouTube, you know, Google Display, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, talk to us a little, bit about, a little bit about the rise of Twitch, which, again, you talked briefly about in last week's edition of The Minute. What exactly is Twitch and how can or should schools be using the platform? Sure. So Twitch is an online gaming platform, and it's really meant for live streaming video games and then the video game players themselves. And it's really growing in popularity quite quickly. Already 28 million unique monthly users in the U.S. alone. 
And Twitch's audience is primarily comprised of teen users. So 80% of them are teen males, um, but brands all over the place are really taking notice. So nonprofits, consumer goods, and even schools are taking notice of Twitch and running ads on the platform to reach this teenage audience with strong video game interests. Online gaming in general has an enormous audience with more people stuck indoors nowadays, no school, and a lot more free time. Twitch is likely seeing a pretty large surge in users and popularity. And while the audience is, you know, predominantly prospective undergraduate students, there's still plenty of young adults on Twitch. In mm. fact, I know quite a few friends of mine that are on Twitch almost daily. Um, so, you know, things you could consider would be promoting your cybersecurity programs, computer science program, or even your university's new esports team on Twitch if you're looking for that new advertising channel. So really anyone looking to kind of target males, uh, predominantly males in, in sort of their, you know, mid to late twenties, uh, this could be a, a really good channel to consider, uh, especially in a moment where again, media consumption, game consumption, right. Is just, is just skyrocketing. Uh, I, I love that option and I, you know, definitely encourage our listeners to go read a little bit more about Twitch and maybe there's a, you know, a, a, even a couple of case studies that they have on their website talking about how schools are using them for advertising purposes. Uh, really encourage people to, to check out this this channel and explore its plausibility within your context. Okay, so we know it's a crucial you know it's crucial to audit our targeting uh, and bidding strategies during this moment. You know, but what about our actual messaging strategies? So you know, many prospective students are are obviously and and you know in in some cases rightly so uh, anxious about you know the future of of their you know educational um, journey. Um, you know, maybe many of them are actually reconsidering whether or not um, you know the the school that they were interested in or the graduate program that they were interested in before COVID. Um, will actually have the same sort of, you know, ROI, especially if that program is going to be delivered in in a remote context, a, a, a virtual context. Matt, what are the experts saying about how we need to be communicating a, a, as enrollment marketers with today's prospective students? Absolutely. So I think everyone has a slightly different opinion on messaging at the moment. Um, but a couple articles I've read um, metric theory does a great job of summing up a lot of them that I've read so far and three points or three messages, types of messages that they, you know, tell us to avoid right now. Have, well, the first one would be having to do with a heightened sense of urgency. So, you know, any terms that come across in messaging that are like buy now, limited time offer things that encourage people to take action immediately are just going to avoid, or they're going to pretty much add angst to the public's already antagonistic relationship hmm. in COVID-19. So stay away from those buy now, limited time offer sort of terms. The second one to stay away from, I'd say, is, is anything that has to do with industry jargon. So, you know, these, these words that are really industry specific, these acronyms that you might use on a daily basis, the general public or your new audience amid COVID-19 might not really know these words or language quite as well. So try instead to really focus on that bottom line value messaging hmm. more than just throwing out those jargon um, acronyms in your messaging. And then the third would be, you know, stay away from the status quo prices and payment options messaging. Instead, you really want to highlight those discounts, those flexible payment options, fee waivers. Um, if you're just going to continue to promote, you know, status quo prices, that's not really going to prove to help anyone in this time. So See if you can't highlight those discounts a bit better or even those application fee waivers if, if you're a school at the moment. 
Super, super helpful, Matt. I also want to just point our listeners to two podcasts we recently published featuring featuring interviews with Jeremy Tears, who's from Tudor Collegiate Strategies, and Tara Duranti from Karis Communications. Those are episodes 38 and episodes 39 on the podcast, and both of them do an exceptional job at sharing lots of tips, tricks, strategies for how to you know write better and, and more empathetic communications during this moment. Um, all right, everyone. I think that's a wrap for us today. Thank you for uh, tuning into this first little uh, pilot episode of Second Look. Uh, you know, we hope that this was helpful. Shoot me an email at zach z a c h at enrollify.org for feedback. Uh, and assuming that you all liked the format of today's show, we'll be back here next week. Matt, thanks for all of your work on the minute each week. Uh, we're really, you know, blessed and excited to to have you here on the team. Um, again, listeners, if you guys have any feedback, please shoot me an email. Um, we look forward to hearing from you. And you know, again, thanks for being here, Matt. Yes, I could have privilege. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. Stay well. Talk to you again soon. If you are an enrollment marketer working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast, or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast, please reach out directly to me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org. We sincerely look forward to working with you to make Enrollify the most trusted, go-to, digital resource for enrollment marketers out there.